On today's episode of After the Snap, we have Baltimore Ravens long snapper Nick Moore joining the show. We're going to chat with him all about his 2022 season being selected as a second-team All-Pro and his new baby boy. We will also be discussing Buffalo's divisional round game versus Cincinnati and previewing the conference championships this weekend. It's time for After the Snap. Let's go. Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. And keep your mouth shut, 50. I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real south on a but you can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit of teeth because you got thick skin. Reed, uh, before we get into football talk, um, I got a Peloton today. You did? I I don't know which makes me more of a single guy in my 20s getting a Peloton or the fact that I went to Home Depot earlier and bought a shovel. Um, you decide. I'm going to say... Being a uh, dog owner, mm. um, the shovel probably uh, resonates with me a little more, yep. being that we also have dogs. Um, but I totally understand the Peloton. We we also uh, got one a few years back, and Erica, I use it in the off season, um, okay. but it is a top top class piece of workout equipment mm. do you I have the treadmill too no we we considered getting the treadmill okay. erica wanted like asked for it for christmas but we went another direction um probably will end up getting it sometime in the future mm-hmm. but erica did tell me the other day she just and, and for those that don't know my wife is a workout fiend she is like 20 something weeks pregnant, still dying to work out yep. each and every day for at least an hour. When I met Erica, she would be, she would, she taught where used to, she used to teach workout classes at a gym. Um, and she, she would do two to three workouts every day, small workouts, but she would like work out multiple times throughout the day, running half, you know, like five Ks, did a half marathon once, crazy. Um, she now does the Peloton workouts. She just surpassed 200, like, um, I don't know what they're, they're, uh, like the boot camp workouts. So like oh. she does the writing, but mm-hmm. she also does the classes because it has the swivel screen on it. Yeah. Uh, the, she also that. does the workouts where it's both. It's like you ride for 10 minutes then you do weights for 15 mm. minutes, then you get back on the bike and then get off the bike and then maybe get back on to finish the workout. Um, she she crushes those. So uh, I was pretty impressed. I didn't realize that she uh, had done that many, but she was oh. like, I'm out of boot camps. There's no more. Like she's done all the boot camps that the app has to offer. I don't think I'm quite on that level yet. <laughs> um, I've ridden the Peloton at your place a couple times. Uh, I think maybe like two or three. And then we have two Pelotons at the facility in Miami, um, which I've ridden once or twice, just like on an off day or whatever. 
do you have a favorite instructor or um, you, I'm not going to lie. Like, there's like influencer instructors that yeah. are like, like the girl on college game day, I think was, a, is a former Peloton instructor. She like got famous by being a Peloton instructor. Anyway, I don't know who do you recommend uh, somebody the only the i because i don't do it as much as erica does she has a favorite lady which means that lady is also my favorite lady hmm. because her workouts are very 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 hard tune day i think is her name okay uh she's fantastic she uh, the music is always great which is the biggest part for me i need i can't work out with bad music um so Tune Day, I would have to go. I'd have to say Tune Day is is our favorite. I just realized that my microphone uh, was not plugged in, and you've been hearing me on the uh, there it is on the that sounds good on my headphones this whole time. So sorry to our listeners. Uh, okay, well Tune Day, I will be Tune Day. I will be uh, doing my review of Peloton instructors as I get to know each one of them uh i plan to that sounds like a good uh content piece i plan to participate in some live rides i know that's a thing mm-hmm. um we erica has not done live rides she knows people that okay have but yeah. uh they're apparently super fun yeah and that's that's what i'm that's what i I'm feel like we for. i feel like we'll get into that me Definitely. and you now that you have as, one i feel like competitive we need to get on a as, live a live ride as competitive as as we are uh, as brothers, that's definitely going to be happening. Do I get a handicap? Future. Do I get a handicap with being with like being a dad? Do I get a handicap when I <laughs> when we were eight years old in the driveway playing basketball? No, I didn't get a handicap. No, you don't get a handicap because you're a dad. Dad strength is supposed to be a thing, right? Like when you become yeah, a dad. Yeah, I don't know about like, I don't know about the the uh, respiratory system though. Dad, dad cardio. Dad lungs. <laughs> dad lungs. <laughs> dad lungs seem like a thing. Anyway, um, we will both have plenty of time to do that now, and I uh, I'm sorry that it had to come to this, but yep. there can only be uh, one playoff team that There's finishes one, their season with a one win. happy team and at the uh, end of the year that is yep. n- neither of our teams so Fortunately. um g- congratulations on a great season i still think that you got snubbed on both pro bowl and all pro thank you not even getting a vote for all pro is comedy which we can talk about another time but hilarious just shameful so I appreciate um, it. You had a great season. Lots of bad weather games. We, I feel like we spend 50% of our time on this podcast talking about weather in Buffalo and weather in Miami. But you you guys struggled mightily with, with some, some bad, fierce weather this year. So kudos to you for, for uh, battling through it. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so you alluded to it a little bit. We unfortunately are – uh, out of the playoffs now, um, lost to Cincinnati on Sunday. And really my only remark from the game is well, – I have two. Uh, first off, it was great to see DeMar um, at the game. 
Uh, it was fantastic. He was in the locker room before and after uh, kind of mingling with the guys. So it was great to see him. And then um, secondly, I think, you know, the game as a whole, I think if you play if you play that game 100 times, that result probably happens less than five times probably for, for either team. I'm saying the the best teams, very, very little separates them. Mm. Um, and it, and I told people this last year after the Chiefs game with the whole um, – with the end of the game and overtime and stuff like that last year. It, when you get this far, when you get this far, even really just making the playoffs, um, a few plays a game uh, change the outcome. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. It doesn't matter who – it doesn't matter what the matchup is. There's a few a few plays every game in the playoffs that uh, that change the outcome of the game. So, um, you know, you take away a few big plays here and there. You add them to our side. Who knows? You know, who knows what what the uh, what you know what could have happened on Sunday afternoon? But um, just unfortunate, and uh, you know, gives us a a, a goal to work towards um, next year. We're coming into this off season. Yeah, I think. And and correct me if I'm wrong. I think Cincinnati now with um, uh, Chrisman as their punter, I think they're now like the youngest special teams room, specialist room in the league. They've yeah, got a, I mean, a McPherson's rookie, rookie snapper, uh, McPherson's yep, in rookie his snapper, second, second year, third year, second year, and then Chrisman. I think this is his first year, yeah, actually rookie, rookie, the, second year, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think he was on P squad last, last year. I don't know that he was ever active, um, but had obviously had gotten some mm-hmm. practice practice stuff. But I mean, that's that's big Pretty time impressive. to Pretty impressive. to have three guys that are on in less than their third year, you know, playing going in going deep into the playoffs. So yep. uh, obviously, Darren Simmons being there, having been there, I think nineteen some odd years, he's he's going to have a, a solid group um, and, you know, he's going to have those guys prepped and, and ready to roll. No doubt. And I think Kevin Huber is back on the practice squad. Yeah. He's still there. And... He's hanging around. Um, he, he, we saw him during pregame. Okay. Um, so he was helping out uh, yeah. Drew. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And um, so I, I think that, I think that they'll be, they'll be just fine as far as, specialists go uh when it comes to the high, the high pressure snaps holds and kicks no but, doubt um but yeah so let's let's get into a little around the league uh as you all know chiefs uh beat up on the jags it was to me it was a closer game than i expected um it was i mean it was competitive all the way to the fourth quarter which there were a lot of people that said that said that the Jags wouldn't even be able to step on the field with, with the chiefs. Um, obviously Patrick Mahomes twisting his ankle or getting yep. his ankle fallen on early in the game. I think on the second drive helped the Jags. Uh, but it does sound like that Pat is back at practice and relatively healthy for the going into the AFC championship game against the Bengals. Yep. I think, uh, 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 like I said, a few plays change a game. Um, if you, if you, Take away the fumble, I think, when the Jags were maybe yep. down um, 10 points. Yep. Um, like six minutes left. 27-17. Yep. And uh, they, they were down 10 points with like seven minutes left. 
and were down on the four yard line or something. Mm-hmm. They were in they were goal to go, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You punch and, it in there, uh, it's a completely fumbled, different ball game. Fumbled, Chiefs recover. Um, they get three and out, and then uh, the, they get the ball back, and then you throw another pick. Mm-hmm. So um, just, uh, just you know, you, you, if you convert there, you know, stop them, get the ball back, you're probably driving to go uh, potentially win the game. So, you know, exactly what I'm saying comes down to just a handful of plays each and every game one towards one side or the other. Uh, that 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 will change the outcome, and that's mm-hmm. that's 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 the name of the game is being being clutch in those pressure situations, no doubt. And uh, moving on to the NFC, the Eagles uh, routed the Giants. I mean, just yeah, I uh, thought what was it, like I definitely thought seven. Yeah, I knew the Eagles were. I knew the Eagles would dominate. I didn't realize it would be that bad. Yeah, and, and it was that was not a good game. Yeah, Jalen Hurts obviously back. Uh, they didn't skip a beat at all. Nope. And uh, San Francisco, 19, 19 to 12, uh, beat that was the Cowboys. A, that was a good game. I think that was a good game. It was a good game. And I think, like it's been all season, Dak, Dak turning the ball over a couple times has, has cost them in the game, in every game that they have struggled or lost in this year. It's been because of, of turnovers. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you every year in training camp, you get the, you get the turnover margin talk, and yep. you go. You look at the, you look at the chart of like winning percentage for all of the turnover margins, and every, I mean every year since I don't know, it's like since two thousand or something. It's like ninety nine percent chance if you're like three or more in the turnover margin, and yep. then minus you know minus three is almost a zero percent chance of, of victory, and then obviously it's a it's a little more balanced out mm-hmm. um, in between, but um, you know the Niners' defense really took advantage of of Dak and and the Cowboys' offense. I thought, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I I mean, top to bottom, I think the Niners have one of the best rosters in the league. I mean, it's it's Great. amazing what they're doing with a rookie quarterback that that was the last pick in the draft. Like I think yeah. we're I think a lot of people are forgetting that he was one pick away from being just an undrafted guy that had his pick of any team. And yeah. um just uh kudos to him, kudos to Brock. I think uh that's that's extremely impressive what they've been able to do. I don't think he's lost. Uh, I think he's like seven and oh or something since he's yeah. um since yeah, he's they, since he, he became came a starter. In, he came in in the game against us uh the first week of december yep jimmy g got hurt it was you guys yeah i think it was the first week of december the game right after thanksgiving and uh and he yeah jimmy g broke his foot and purdy came in and lit it up and then just they they went on an absolute tear after that so uh but one more thing uh actually two more things before we get into our interview with baltimore ravens long snapper nick moore um um thing did you see the the bet the parlay bet uh the million dollar parlay um for the tight ends over the weekend did you happen i saw i think i saw one that was kind of going uh viral a little bit i think the guy put like 50 bucks but maybe it was like seventy five thousand dollars. yeah so there were i don't know if i saw a million dollar one 
So there were two. Um, so the first one um, is this million dollar bet. It was a $50 parlay bet for first touchdown scorers of each game being Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox, and Dalton Schultz, all tight ends. $50 bet to win a million bucks. After the first two games, Travis Kelsey and Dallas Goddard had scored, had been their first scorers. And the I think the cash out amount was like 600 bucks, okay. which to me is like, so like you, like, uh, going into the last the two thought games, process would be, would you risk $600 for a million? Correct. Are you cashing out at $600? I, I, I can't say that I would. The answer is no, because if you cash out at 600 bucks and they play out the last two games and you end up losing out on the million bucks, you'll never, ever, ever forget right. yourself. Maybe, uh, Maybe maybe hedge your bet a little bit. Figure out how to hedge your bet so you don't lose yeah. everything. I don't know. But uh, so then then Jamar Jamar Chase goes on to be the first scorer of y'all's game, knocking out the uh, Dawson Knox uh, opportunity, and then Dalton Schultz was the, the first, first scorer yes. of the of the last game. Yep. San Francisco and Dallas. Um, but the other bet that you're talking about was actually a free. I think it was a free $25 bet or $5 bet or something from um, maybe FanDuel or DraftKings, one of the one of the sports books. And it was Kelsey Goddard, uh, Jamar Chase, and Dalton Schultz. Four no for kidding. four. That's what I saw, I think. Turned turned $25 or $5, whatever it was, into like it was like 72. 75 grand, grand 72 grand or something. Insane. Yeah, that was crazy. Absolutely. Crazy, insane. crazy. Um, but my, my question was just, would you, would you cash out after the first two games in the Dawson Knox, uh, bet scheme? And, and to me, I, I wouldn't do it. There's yeah, I don't no think way. I, I don't think I would either. What, what would you cash out for? Oh if, gosh. What, I think it would have to be, I mean, if you're putting 50 bucks on it, I feel like I'm playing deal or no deal. Um, <laughs> What is the bank? I'd probably saying? say anything north of like three grand. Three. Okay. I'd probably say I'd probably like I'd probably be like, yeah, that's 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 decent. Yeah. For guessing the first two. I mean, guessing the first two is that's hard. I mean, how many yeah. how many pest catchers are on each are on each KC, you know, each each yeah. game between Kansas City, Jacksonville, and then Eagles Giants. I mean, that's yep. 30 something guys that 30 yeah. something guys that could catch yeah. a that catch a pass right for the touchdown yeah. so just getting the first two would be impressive so i feel like anything north of maybe 2500 or three grand i'd probably cash out but for 600 bucks um you got you gotta you gotta let it roll let it I, yeah. i'd be interested to see what it what it would be if Knox scored a touchdown if he was the first scorer and see what it would have had to have been my guess is north of north of grand. fifty grand. Oh yeah, I'm gonna Something go. Like that. Yeah, I would say somewhere between 100 and 150. Then you definitely cash out for sure, for definitely. sure. Last thing before we get into our interview with Nick Moore, uh, NFC Championship game, San Fran at Philly. Philly is a two and a half point favorite in the three o'clock game on Sunday. Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Philly. I think they're. 
they've been the NFC favorites for the majority of the season, and I think they are probably – I mean, San Francisco's got – I think San Francisco does have the best defense, um, but I think Philly Philly's offense is, is going to match up well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got Philly in that game as well. I think playing in Philadelphia is going to be too tough of a task for – a rookie quarterback. Um, yeah. Obviously, saw... having having Jalen Hurts back is 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 uh, huge for their offense. Uh, he's turned out to be just unbelievable this year. Um, you know, when there were a lot of question marks after after last season, but man, I, I think it's going to be too tough of a task for San Francisco coming all the way from the West Coast for that game. Um, I, I expect Philly to to not only win but to cover. Yep, I think um, I, I I saw something at Debo Samuel. Did you see what he said about Mm-mm. their stadium or something? Something about the fans oh, no. in Philly, mm-hmm. and it, he was like, "It's not going to be as loud because our fans are are the loudest, you know, in our stadium." Yeah. So I'm sure you know any bulletin board material you can get at this point. Um, so I'm sure the fans in Philly are going to be giving him an earful. Yeah, and and you're also not it's not loud in your stadium when you're on offense. So I don't, I don't understand that argument. Anyway, <laughs> AFC championship game Sunday night, uh, 6.30 PM Cincinnati, one and a half point favorite right now. Actually Is that updated? Uh, down, down to one, sorry, chiefs, chiefs, one, uh, one point favorite. Now, uh, when I met, wrote out the notes yesterday, it was, it was Cincinnati one and a half, basically a toss up at this point, uh, at Kansas city, 6 30 p.m. It's probably going to be really freaking cold. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to look up the weather real quick just to see uh, what the forecast is for that game. Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Sunday evening is going to be low of 17. So it is going to be quite chilly. Um, I, man, I don't, I don't even know. I really don't even know. Um, I mean, I, I think I have to go Kansas City at home um, just because I think Mahomes, I don't even know. I really have no idea. Um, I'm going to go Kansas City just because they're at home. I've and got... they've been to four straight AFC championships, and which is impressive yeah. in and of itself. But um, I, I think I'm going to go KC. I've got Cincinnati um, only because I – am worried about Pat Mahomes ankle. I think that with Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard coming off the edge, they're going to try and make Pat move his feet and they're going to give him everything that he wants in his, you know, getting into his lap, putting the offensive lineman in his lap and seeing what he can do uh, on a bad ankle a week after, um, you know, I thought he, I thought he snapped his leg. Uh, I thought he did too. When, yeah. uh, and it was it was Arden Key from LSU yep. uh who who fell on him. And, By the way, uh, people are saying that was definitely on purpose. Definitely not on purpose. That's not I, something yeah. that people think no. about doing like when yeah, you're you in just the like, heat of the you moment. Don't just you're just like, like, like oh, weight on somebody's yeah, leg. Yeah. Stupid. Um anyway, I, I think that I think that they're gonna uh put KC into some tough spots offensively, and we all know um what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase can do, uh, just a 
phenomenal uh, combination of LSU players. And uh, I, I think that I think that Cincinnati is going to find themselves in back-to-back Super Bowls. That'll be quite impressive. So, uh, but that is all. We are rolling right into our interview with Baltimore Ravens long snapper Nick Moore. Enjoy. On the pod this week, we are joined by the current long snapper for the Baltimore Ravens, former long snapper at the University of Georgia, winner of the most after-the-snap clutch snaps of the week ever, and (laughs) all-around good guy, Nick Moore. Welcome to the pod. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on, man. Well, when when Blake uh, told me he was putting that in the intro, I, I had to go back and think, like, I'm pretty sure he's got like Dude. three, and Blake was like, "I think going back to like last year, year, he's probably got four or five. Yes, I, we'll hey. have to we'll have to fact check that, but I know for a, I know for a fact that it is the most of anybody that has been on that has been on this podcast or anybody hey. in the league. So, congratulations you, uh, to you. Thank you. When you play with Justin Tucker, man, dude, you're, you're always liable for an no, opportunity. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, got a lot going on right now for you. Uh, mm-hmm. The UGA Natty Champs. Hey, go dogs, baby. Go hey, dogs. sick them. Did, did, did you play exactly. with Isaiah? Did you know Isaiah McKenzie? I do, yes. Did you guys cross yeah. at all? Yeah, we played uh, two years, 15 and okay. 16. He was he, there. Yeah. Um, I am sure uh, Blake and I grew up in the heart of dog country. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, just north of Atlanta. Um, so we have met our fair share of unbearable Georgia fans in our lifetime. You are not There's one quite of them. A few of those. You are yeah, not one to, of them. Trust me. I try to keep um, it down. Isaiah McKenzie is one of the most unbearable Georgia football fans I have ever met in my life, and I have no met surprise. a lot, yeah, a lot no from a lot, a, a lot of different teams have their share of unbearable fans. Isaiah McKenzie will rub it in your face till the chickens hatch. I mean, we've been losing for a long time, so it's nice to yeah. finally uh, be yeah. able to have some bragging and, rights. And the years, that, the I years that they have been good is like they run out of time in the SEC championship. They don't go to the, they go to the natty. It's like a whole, <laughs> the whole thing. Um, they just, you know. Whatever. Always excuses right. in, in dog country, baby. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you guys smashed TCU in the national championship. I don't think anybody was expecting it to be as as one-sided not as it was. Bad. No, not um, that bad. Oh, Isaiah McKenzie knew it. He sure oh, did. Of course he did. I knew, sure gonna did. A, I knew it was going to be a I knew it was going to be a tough one for uh, the Horned yeah. Frogs, but I, did I not saw see the line it. was like fourteen, and I was like. They're definitely going to win by like yeah. at least three touchdowns. I was thinking yeah, 21, 24. So, so what is it? What is it about Kirby? What's he like? What's the what's the formula? Like, what's he got? I mean, going he's, on? I feel like he's he's got that same that Nick Saban approach, man. He's just a really good football coach. They get they can recruit some of the top players in the country. They uh, you know, they they keep bringing five star recruits in left and right. Guys keep wanting to come in, so you know they got a good culture down there. They play winning football, so uh, you know man. Kirby's doing doing his best. Nick Saban, I guess. What's it What's it like being a uh, being a a Georgia boy getting to play at Georgia doing some really cool stuff and then now seeing them win the national championship that's got to be cool Uh, yeah I mean I'm slightly jealous that I wasn't able to win one when I was there Uh, we (laughs) we lost Alabama me too uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Blake rubs his championship <laughs> ring in my oh, face yeah. every chance he gets. Oh yeah, hey. I, you know, I thought about bringing it back here, back home with me to uh, to Atlanta. Well deserved, yeah. well deserved back in those days. But uh, no, nah, it was it's a, uh, you know, my growing up, like my dad went to school there in the '80s when they were winning national, when they won the national championship in 1980, and the heyday they call it with Herschel. So, uh, you know, growing up with those stories, and then kind of living through the the Mark Rick era where we, you know, win 10 games, but we weren't quite good enough to win that game or, or however you want to put it. So to see, and then when I was there, you know, we played one SC championship, played the SEC championship, lost a national championship. Like we were starting to turn the table a little bit. And uh, to see those guys, some of those guys, I play, like I played with Stetson and Jack Podlesny and some other guys that are on the team and to see them be able to win back-to-back national championships is, is really cool for them. And, you know, it's it's uh, obviously huge for Dog Nation. We're glad to be on top of college football for now. <laughs> well, that's what that's what David Pollock was saying. Is as as Nick Saban was sitting right next to him on, oh, yeah. I think it was the college game day, like <laughs> maybe like the halftime show or the intro hey. or something. He says he says the dogs are the dogs are running college football, and and I don't think Nick liked that very much. Which he is did not is look fine. like it. Like to, yeah. it's totally fine yeah. because they you know Georgia Georgia is. Um, are they going to go three in a row? I mean, I hope so. They got some talent, that's for sure. Uh, got to replace go. Stetson. That's you know, that's going to be a task. But dude, they they I mean, were they lighting it up guys. after they took out Stetson. Dude, that's what was scary. They were their third four string running backs were putting up some serious yards, and their backup QB was playing really well. So yeah. I'm excited for for next year for the dogs. I mean, three peat would be awesome. You know, yeah, it doesn't happen very often, and it would be really cool to see it. And that would be insane. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, before we get into some of the football stuff, uh, I just want to say congratulations. Uh, you are uh, you have recently joined the uh, Dad Club. Yes, um, I have. So we wanted to give our congrats where that is due. Um, how Thank does you. it feel? How, how does it feel so far? Well, it's been it's been a whirlwind. You know, we uh, we my my wife woke me up in the middle of the night on Saturday, basically Saturday morning, Friday night. Um, she's like, Hey, we, we got to go to the hospital right now. And luckily we live right across the street here in Maryland. So hopped over to the hospital, I'm on the phone with, you know, all the coaches like, Hey, I, I'm in the hospital right now. My wife's water broke. Like it's game time here. So, you know, tomorrow's game was, it was the last game of the regular season against the Bengals. Um, I was like, tomorrow's game's up in the air. If I'm going to make it, I, just, I don't know. And uh, luckily, my son came uh, Saturday afternoon and uh, came out healthy. He was about five weeks early. So, um, you know, we were a little worried that he was going to maybe be something was going to be going on. But luckily, by the grace of God, he came out healthy, um, was a heavy boy. So uh, we were very happy with that. And uh, I was able to go to Cincinnati, play the game um, and then come back and finally get to hang out with my family. Uh, Very cool. Spent, spent uh, five days in the hospital and then got home. Everybody got home last Thursday and uh, we've just been kind of enjoying ourselves uh, as a family finally. So uh, it's nice. It's been, uh, it's been crazy. Well, we, we will be praying for uh, so hopefully some, hopefully some sleep soon to come. I know oh. that's always tough. Yeah. Uh, first time around it. Yeah. I know it was for, for us, we're, we're expecting number two, in may yeah. so uh fingers crossed Absolutely. but um yeah for 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 some sleepful nights ahead for you guys um so jumping into some football stuff uh obviously you joined uh or, or joined the ravens la- uh two years ago i guess yeah um 
veteran heavy room with Justin Tucker and Sam Cook there. Uh, what was it like being a rookie with those guys that have been around for so long and, and how did they kind of help you transition? Well, I was, I was very blessed to be here. I got here in 2020 and I kind of was on the practice squad um, all of 2020. Uh, I was behind Morgan Cox and then Sam and Justin obviously were here. And so I was able to work with those guys for essentially an entire year. I mean, we didn't have OTAs in 2020, but all the training camp, the whole season, you know, I ended up getting one game in 2020. Um, so I learned like how to be, I mean, I was 28 years old and I was still learning how to be a pro, um, like how they practice, how we go about the week, how they go about, you know, Saturdays, Sundays, game days, stuff like that. And, you know, those guys that were together for nine years. So it was really, it, it was very eye opening for me to kind of, help like hey I, maybe I need to take my game to the next level by doing these things that these guys have been doing for the better part of a decade or over almost a decade so you know being seeing them work and seeing them have the success on the field kind of showed me like and hey, there's there's not a whole lot of different ways to do it you know this is has has been a formula that produced some of the best guys at our position and then kicker and punter as well and so just being around them learning from them I mean it's it definitely helped me propel me into my first year as a starter in 2020 to have kind of a successful year that I was able to have working with Sam and Justin was, uh, it definitely, you know, made me kind of who I am right now. Yep. And, and for, for those who don't know, you had a little bit of a baseball career, uh, mm -hmm. coming out of high school. So that, um, kind of, you alluded to it a little bit, uh, you're, you're 30 now, I believe. Yeah. yeah uh, you 30. obviously alluded to it uh, starting with Baltimore when you were 28. Do you think that being a little bit older than the typical rookie helped transition, uh, even though you had the vets in the room? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it did. Um, you know, having gone the baseball route um, at, at, you know, 18 to 22, I really kind of learned how to deal with like anxiety of playing a professional sport, um, anxiety of, of, you know, not performing well, um, you know, just being out and playing in front of crowds, you know, making money a little bit, not a whole lot in minor league ball, but still, and then just being in a professional environment, you know, being in professional sports. I mean, really kind of seeing how it's a business, how things are, are, are very result oriented. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to produce on game day to, in order to keep your job and I think having gone through those experiences though they weren't necessarily what I wanted or, or weren't very good for me because I only played basically four years in minor league ball and got cut definitely helped when I got here you know I think the toughest part about our job is like that you only have so many plays and every single play is potentially a game-changing play so there's a lot of pressure a lot of anxiety that goes with that and I think having the failure quote unquote experiences that I had in baseball, I think I was able to really help me. And then also being older, having a different view on life. You know, I wasn't a little kid anymore. I was 20, 20, I just turned 28 when I met, or I was 27 when I made my NFL debut, I turned 28 the next week. Um, so it definitely, I mean, being older, being, you know, I was not the smartest guy out there, but being wiser and uh, you know, it, it definitely made me a little bit more comfortable in that situation. Baltimore is obviously known for outstanding special teams units, specifically relating to the specialists. Um, 
we've had Morgan on, we've had Will Lutz on, who was in Baltimore at the very beginning of his career. What makes Baltimore such a great place to develop as a specialist? Is it um, Harbaugh's history as a special teams coach? Is it Randy Brown? No, we, we hear a lot about Randy Brown because yeah, of yeah. his relationship with Tucker. Yeah. What what is it that what is it that makes uh, Baltimore able to develop so well uh, all of these specialists that come out? And even if they don't stay, they they go off and have successful careers elsewhere. Yeah, you know, I think you alluded to it with with Coach Harbaugh having been a special teams coordinator in the NFL. That definitely helps having a head coach who who knows the ins and outs of of special teams, the intricacies of what we have to do on a play-to-play basis. And so that definitely helps us. It kind of puts an emphasis on special teams. We, we you know, pride ourselves on being one of the top special teams units here in Baltimore. So that helps. And then having a guy like Randy, who's a quote-unquote kicking, you know, specialist, I, I would say, in the realm of the NFL, he, uh, he's he got a really good eye for, for kicking and punting. And he's learned a whole lot about long snapping throughout his tenure. And he's been in the NFL since the 90s. So, you know, he's been around guys like David Akers and Sam Cook and Morgan and Justin for, for decades. And, you know, I think he has a tremendous amount of knowledge and he's able to pick out guys that he thinks have potential at the next level. And then they bring him here, give him an opportunity to. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You know, as, as a give them an opportunity to get some action without having the stress of potentially, like, life or death making the team or not making the team. Because, you know, when it's like when you go to your first team and, you know, you're not necessarily the guy and you think every time you go out there and you don't, perform at your best there's a potential that you're going to get cut kind of what I experienced in New Orleans where I had I played two preseason games didn't play well got cut you know some of that was anxiety some of that was I needed technical work things like that so you come here you don't have to have necessarily that pressure of like oh my gosh if I don't do well you know you're going to get cut because here they they really pride themselves on developing guys like me and Matt Orzig Trent Sieg you know other guys like that and it, it helps when you have dudes like Justin and Morgan and Sam who are veteran players that played, you know, 16 years with Sam Cook and Morgan's going into year 14 next year and Justin will be in year 12. Having those guys that instead of looking at it as a negative that they have another guy here at their position, they use it in a way that a positive way that they can teach this guy, 
that maybe they can learn something too by helping out a younger player. And, you know, it takes a very selfless person to do something like that when, especially when it's a competition, you know, it's the NFL, everything's competition, whether they say it is or isn't. So having guys like that around, you know, willing to work and, and put in extra time with guys who, who needed help like me, I mean, Morgan and Sam worked hours and hours and hours with me developing my craft. And, you know, I mean, I, ultimately I end up taking Morgan's spot here. Um, and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. He, you know, he taught me everything I know about Longstepping at this level. And I'm just blessed that he is the guy he is. And he was willing to put the time and effort into helping me and yeah. other guys like across the league. So, yeah. And he's yeah, still balling too. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's still, yeah, going to the Pro Bowl this yeah. year. Like the guy's freaking yeah. outstanding. Still one of the best guys to do it. So, uh, so you were also in New Orleans. You mentioned it uh, yeah. in uh, 2019, uh, yeah, 2019 with one of my favorite teammates I've ever had, hoping Timo. that we that we get him back. Uh, yeah. Mr. Thomas Morstead, uh, Mr. Walk uh, on to the tarmac and take his photo before he gets oh, on hey. the airplane. That's the whole nine. Yes. Uh, yeah. Give me a good Timo story. I know you said you weren't there like super, super long, but – Surely you've got you've got some memory of of some interaction I, with Timo. Well, I love Tom. I mean, he's such an outstanding guy. He's a class act. Uh, just you know, top to bottom, it's an extreme professional, and yeah. and works his tail off as you as you know. And I'll, I'll, honestly, I'm happy for him. He had a great year this year, so super excited for him. And um, but I would say uh, the first time I, we got there, you know, you go to OTAs and OTAs is relaxed and chill and all that stuff. And then you come back for training camp and it's your first time in an NFL training camp. You have no idea what to expect. And people are like, Oh, Hey man, when you get to training camp, like they're going to turn that dial up and it's going to be go time. And first day of, of training camp, I come in, I come in early with the rookies and the veterans I'll get there and we go to our first practice and, Practice start down there. Practice starts at like 8.50, I think, and 9 o'clock in the morning because it's so hot. My man Tom was full sweat. It was like 6.30. I yes. was like just walking in. He had just yes. finished working out. He yep. was getting dressed to go out to like get his warm-up on. I'm like yeah. – He'd been like, he'd already been in and out of the hot and cold tub. Oh, yeah. He's, I'm like, bro. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I, I thought I got here early. Dude. Like, I'm looking at my watch like, dude, it's 6.45. We, we have two hours till practice basically. And Tom's like him and him and Drew Brees are in there. And there's a reason they play for so long, you know, and they're, they're in there. They've already worked out. They've already done the necessary prep work to get ready for practice. And Tom's like, you know, he's out there an hour before practice even starts getting his drops, doing his catches, doing all the stuff he does. And, you know, just an ultimate pro. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was an honor, a pleasure to play alongside him and learn from him for the short period I was there. Uh, you were in the XFL for a short time uh, before it shut down. What uh, about playing in that league, uh, or some of the guys, some of the guys or coaches that you played with, helped you uh, when you got your shot in Baltimore? Well, I actually, our special teams coach was uh, a guy by the name of Frank Gans Jr., and uh, he actually was the special teams coordinator that drafted Sam Cook here in Baltimore in 2006. So not that there was anything he had anything to do with me coming to Baltimore. (laughs) Small world. Yeah. So he, um, and then Mark Tressman was our head coach. He was officer coordinator here. Um, that same, that same time. Um, I guess Brian Billick was the head coach here. And, uh, so I mean, 
I don't know if it had anything to do with me coming here or not, but cool little uh, small yeah. world incident. You'd there. like to think that they may have made a phone call. Yeah, I definitely just own, it. Mean, sure. just own it. So yeah, that definitely <laughs> yeah, was that was absolutely was the, yeah, the reason. That was the reason. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, but I think the XFL man, it, it was short lived, but I thought it was really, really, really well done. Um, some things that were were tough, like for us, for instance, my team was in Tampa. We were the Tampa Bay Vipers, and, and we didn't have field goal uh, uprights for practice, so we, uh, we had no uprights, and um, so we had to go to, to like Home Depot or Lowe's and got like no these way. like Some twenty PVC. foot tall PVCs. And yeah, we had man. the guys standing there holding them up, <laughs> and we would kick it. And I, my kicker was Andrew That's Franks. Amazing. Who, uh, he was in Andrew Miami for a, couple, a little bit. Yeah, he played a couple years in Miami, yeah. and then Jake Shum was our punter, and he was uh, Buffalo guy. He played, yeah, he played in Tampa and uh, in Green Bay. So, I mean, the competition was there. I mean, there were guys that we had guys on our team that had eight years in the league. We had guys on the team like me who had no years in the league. I mean, there was dudes. Josh McCallum played in that league. The guy played like 15 years in the uh, NFL, you know, <laughs> quarterback. So, wild. Like he was wild. still going at like 45 years old, still playing yeah. ball. So, I mean, it was – obviously it worked out great for me because I got the opportunity that I have now. And, uh, you know, I couldn't speak you know more highly of that league. Uh, made some money, got to play football, kept me out of the office. You know, it was – No uh, doubt. It was a really good experience for me. I'll- I want to go back to the uh, baseball thing for just a second. Um, you were uh, re- you were re- part of the Red Sox organization, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's it was. so unbelievable. Reed is a Yankees fan. I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan. <laughs> we're tough. we're at, we're Atlanta natives, so yeah. I was a Yankees like, fan before he picked the Red Sox. Just throw that I, out no, there. I, I am a Red Sox fan because he's a Yankees fan. That's me. Yeah. That is the little brother in me. Yeah, 100%. Reed was like on the Yankees like little league that was like his team yeah. and so he like became a Yankee I was fan. I was and, Roger Maris and I was yeah. and I was like I'm gonna be a Red Sox fan because duh like yeah because older brother yeah rings, so yeah. love when I when I read that love seeing that you were part of the Red Sox organization um but I played with uh, Zach von Rosenberg at LSU who had yeah. played in the Pirates organization he talked all the time about these road trips and in minor league ball you're on a bus for like 13 hours straight yeah like depends on where you're going yeah crazy road trips what like does one in particular stick out in your mind like oh yeah lay it on so we i have so my my best travel thing i have is uh 2014, we were playing stat. We were playing in Staten Island against the Yankees, and uh, against the Staten Island Yankees. And we have a seven o'clock, seven o five first pitch. We play the game. We go into extras. We end up getting done with the game at like midnight, and we have a ten hour bus ride to Mahoning Valley, Ohio, which I, outside of this one trip, I'd never even heard of this place. So we so we we leave the stadium at like. 132 ish, I guess, bus all the way to Mahoning, which was a 10 hour trip. Usually takes about 11 because you got to stop, and bus driver can only drive so many hours at one time. We end up getting to Mahoning Valley at like noon, like a little after noon. And we have a seven o'clock pit first pitch that oh, night. No. Oh, yeah, dog. And <laughs> did you even go was, to a hotel or did you just go oh, straight to the club? We drove. 
So a situation like that, you basically you basically go to the hotel and you show up to the game at like six forty five. Like oh, okay. the whole team just like the manager. There's just manager like an agreement that we're oh, not yeah. gonna be warm and ready yeah. for this. No, one. like the only guy that goes early is like the pitcher and the catcher. Starting pitcher. Yeah. yeah. And because like our manager, he played in the big leagues for like he ten years. It. So yeah, he like understood and we get to the hotel at like one o'clock in the afternoon and he's like, Hey, I'll see you guys here at six thirty. It's like a ten minute bus ride to the stadium, so just get here at six thirty. Just rolling off the bus, yeah. like in your literally roll out. straight to the to the oh, diamond yeah. for the anthem. Oh, we uh, <laughs> yeah, it was most of the time the miners they you know they give you an off day and yeah. they usually schedule to where your longest bus trip is on that off day. It doesn't always work out that way, as you as I just said, but you know there's a lot of Holy great stories, smokes. man. Minor league life is uh, it's a tough life. That's any, for sure. Any good like food spots that you came across in your um, travels? I would say. The most frequented food spot we had was the local grocery store. You get a loaf of bread. Somebody buys a loaf. Somebody buys a peanut butter. Somebody buys a jelly. Yes. And you got lunch for like – you got food for like two days. And then nice. if you're lucky enough, you, you got like a Domino's or something. Because like you play at 7 o'clock, you're not getting back to the hotel till after midnight. Yep. Like the only things not open are open. pizza – you know, and, and uh, McDonald's, it, you know, if you're lucky enough to be in a town that has a McDonald's, yeah. every now and then there would be like a Waffle House or a Huddle House or something. But there you go. Not, not, not talking my language. Georgia boy. Oh, all star <laughs> special there. That's what I'm missing up here, dude. Not like the nearest. Yeah, Waffle we don't House have like one up here. We don't have one in Buffalo either. Yeah, we, we have 10 in the state of Maryland, but the nearest one's like an hour from my house. Not my wife and I, we love we love Waffle House, and we had it at our wedding. So yes, dude, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, we love it. It's fantastic. You yeah, are Waffle House is giving me ideas. Yeah, me ideas. it's good stuff. Man. We had the food truck, Waffle House food truck. That's the only thing people remember from my wedding. That's it. That's like, what a what a memorable. People remember thing the music like and the food. Yeah, it came That's at it. like I think it, our venue closed at like 10, 10 o'clock and then the Waffle House got there at eight. So like everybody's been yeah. you know drinking, partying for like a couple hours, and then it's like boom, Waffle All-Star House shows special. up. Everyone's like, Oh dude. That is <laughs> so, so cool. That's yeah. so good, man. So it, yeah. moving on a little bit from the baseball back to uh where we are right now. Uh Pro Bowl first alternate, mm-hmm. um, second team all pro. Congratulations. Um, incredible. Um, Thank you so much. And, and very, very deserving of that. Um, what does that mean to you? I mean, this is your this is your second year yeah. like being the guy, uh, you know, and, and to to have those kinds of uh votes from both the the press as well as uh the guys in the locker room and, and the guys around the uh around the league, what does that mean to you? You know, it's it's a huge honor. First of all, I mean, it's you know, there's there's a lot of talented guys at at our position. So to be considered one of the top guys by my peers and as well as by the press, I mean, that's it's a huge honor. But it's it's also extremely like I don't want to say relieving, but it it just like it kind of like uh, solidifies everything, like all the work I put in, essentially for the last since I was 18, like trying to get to like a a point in my professional career where I'm at the top of my uh, pinnacle of my game, I guess, between whether it was baseball or football or, or whatever. Like I spent a lot of time and work to get 
to where I'm at now and, and to finally get some, you know, recognition, it just like, it, it's, it's honestly, I don't even know what to say. Like I, I was very, very, I was honestly thrown off when they told me I was second team all pro, like, cause I, you know, I was first alternate to the pro bowl, which, you know, Morgan was well-deserving of that. So I was, I was super happy for him. And then I was like, man, you know, there's no way I'm going to get a look at for the all pro because these guys are like, they're the guys they're going to, you know, give them the nod or whatever. And then, so for me, Morgan was actually the first one who told me. So it was, uh, it was very, it was a pleasant surprise, but it's, uh, you know, it's a huge honor for me. Like I said, there's 32 guys at our position. So to be considered one of the top two, uh, is, uh, is a huge honor. So I'm just blessed to have work with two guys that, that are just at the top of our business and working with a guy like Tuck always helps because he's going to put, he's going to put kicks out there that most guys don't. And it's going to mm-hmm. give me a lot of, a lot of action uh, as far as looks and things like that. And when I can do well in those, on those big time situations, whether it's a 67 yarder or, you know, a game winning field goal or, or even like a 55 yarder in the wind in Cleveland, you know, things like that. Yeah. Those are big time. Kicks. Absolutely. So, you know, being with a guy like that, he gets all the accolades. So it just, it just makes it, you know, it helps me out. And, and I get kind of some of the, uh, the, the trickle off recognition that he gets. So, <laughs> Brings uh, the exposure you know, to you as well. Yeah. So just a, a huge honor. It's uh, awesome. And, uh, and very thankful. Um, well, uh, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on last weekend. Unfortunately, you guys, uh, out of the playoffs at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, uh, you got anything uh, apart from, I know, uh, raising your new family is probably going to dominate the yeah. off season plans <laughs> at the moment, but, yeah. uh, do you guys have, or do you guys have anything, um, big or anything fun planned, uh, nothing, for the next few months? Nothing as of yet. Um, we, we knew our, our baby was due in February. So we were, we were trying to make all of our extravagant plans in like July. Um, sure. So he came a little early. We do have a, we're going to Key West uh, into February for a, a, one of our, my college teammates weddings. Um, and now, I mean, we'll just be raising the baby. We got a puppy as well. We got a 10 week, 11 week old puppy. Uh, Same. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're doing that. Um, but we, was that, uh, uh, was that your choice or her choice? Yeah, so we had um, we had two German Shepherds for a long time, and my my boy he passed away in September. He had uh, kidney that. failure. Yeah, it was that was really tough. He was five years old, and mm-hmm. he was kind of our first puppy. Uh, we got him back in 2017. Um, so he passed away in September, right two days before our first game. So that was mm-hmm. it was that was a mess. Sheesh. But um, so I've been wanting a, another dog since like October. Uh, my wife's been like was putting it off. She was like, no, we'll wait till we get home. Wait till we get home. All the while she had planned to get me one for my birthday um, in December. Nice. And uh, so we, uh, she got me one for my birthday. We picked him up in uh, right after Christmas. And we thought he was going to be, we thought we'd have another month uh, before the baby got here. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, the baby had other plans. So we, uh, now we're raising two toddlers basically. And hey. Two infants. And uh Reed, you uh, with Luna got, and Blakely, yeah, we it was got our not second, much of a yeah, we got our second dog um, in August of twenty, 
and Blakely came in April. So sort of yeah. pretty, you know, pretty close. When we got Still when we happy. got the second dog, yeah. we didn't know Erica was pregnant. We found out like uh, four days later. So yeah. it was it was kind of perfect timing. But I mean, they they love each other. Like yeah. their their Luna that's what dog we're going for. Yeah, is uh, and Blakely is almost. She'll be two in April. Um, they are they love on each other all the time. So I'm sure. That's your, what we're, your yeah, little guy is gonna love that's what those we're dogs. planning on yeah no we, doubt. we have yeah. a we have a it's a great relationship shepherd. it's very fun to watch oh yeah that's what uh we have a four-year-old shepherd as well and she is yeah. like a mother hen around the house yes <laughs> she yes. like hears the baby crying and she is like beeline right to on her, attention like, hey you need to get up go check yeah. on the baby Come on, yeah. let's go. that's Man, awesome pawing so, at you <laughs> yeah exactly very cool so, we're uh you know we got a big we went from three of us to now we got five of us i mean it's it's beautiful chaos, so we, yeah. we love it. That's no doubt. Awesome. Uh, let's finish off with some fun stuff. Thank you again for spending uh, your Wednesday evening with us. Of course. Um, this is a little segment that we like to call Short Snaps. Um, okay. It's just some fun, fun football-related, mostly football-related questions. Um, we will start first uh, – sorry. We'll start first question, favorite away stadium? Pittsburgh. No doubt. Mm. Renegade is the most electric, like, two minutes I've ever experienced in sports. Reed said that that's one of his absolute favorite moments in his entire career. Well, I'll never forget. I've only played there once. We played there in 2019. uh, And we it was late in the season. Sorry to interrupt, like, the short snaps. Uh, But it was late in the season. I think it was, like, week 15 or something. And we had – it was third – maybe a third to last game of the season. And uh, we had to win. If we won, we locked ourselves in the playoffs. And uh, I think it was tied. We were up by a field goal or something, like early fourth. And they went into a timeout. Or maybe oh, it was yeah. a fourth quarter break. They started playing it. And we had heard it all week at practice. Like, we, you oh, know, yeah. we played it just ad nauseum at practice. Mm-hmm. First play right after the song, it's like a 45-yard bomb to John Brown. First down, like we're like on the 20-yard line or something, and the crowd just goes quiet. Yeah. And it, that was like that's like my most memorable moment of playing in Pittsburgh. So, uh, but I'll, the, speaking of the Renegade, I'll never forget that. Oh no, I love I love that. It's the most electric pretty cool. environment. Oh, they were they awesome. it was it was like Sunday night football or something. Like it was packed yeah. house. Uh, that 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 is an awesome place to play. Yeah, I love it. Uh, least favorite away stadium to play in? Uh, I, I would say Miami because we had such a horrible experience there last year. <laughs> it was so oh, bad. Thursday night. Thursday night. Yeah. We went from like practicing the last like basically two weeks leading up to that game. It was like 30 to 40 degrees up here. And then we go down there and it's like 85. And yep. Like, yep. you know, for us, the humidity is like that makes a huge impact on the, on our yeah. job. Yeah. And so like adjusting to that, like basically live during the game, like yep. trying to figure out laces and how I can let go of this ball. Oh yeah. Get, You're like, sweating. It like was. Crazy. And I, uh, yeah. And of course I got absolutely just walloped by Christian Wilkins for <laughs> eight punts. I think we had eight punts and he yeah. came at me. Like, I think we had eight. Welcome, welcome to the club. Reed's been there a couple of times uh, playing against Miami. Um, yeah. But, but, I, on those Thursday, those Thursday night games are tough, man, because yeah, man, because tough. you're on a you're on a short week. The game plan is goes from this to extremely this. abbreviated. Yeah. So you've got, uh, sorry, 
11 week old puppy is pawing, are out. Mine are pawing outside. at they're, the crate. Barking at the door right now. She's pawing at the crate. She wants out. Um, game plan is very much streamlined, which means that offense could be up in the air. Don't really know yeah. what to expect. Eight, nine punts later, you're like, whew, like, let's, I was, let's get that back was on the, the most airplane. miserable football experience <laughs> of my life. And we um, got our butts beat, so that didn't help. That yeah. didn't help the cause. <laughs> All right. Next one pregame playlist. What's on it? Um, I tend to go, uh, I have this, uh, Jesus culture kind of album. Uh, there's a, there's a hodgepodge of different, uh, Hillsong United and some other uh, Christian groups that I like to listen to just to calm my mind a little bit, uh, right before the game. Uh, so it's, uh, just relaxing. That's awesome. might, have to sh- might have to, uh, share that one with the, oh, uh, yeah. with the crowd here. Oh, yeah. Um, halftime snack. What do you got? Oh, always. So I do two of those wafer, the circle wafer things. If y'all get those, those like stingers, the waffles, stinger yeah, waffles. So yeah. I do, I do one vanilla and one honey. I do Ooh. a banana. And then depending on the game, I might do uh, extra energy. If it's a night game or something, I might do like a spark or if it's a hot game, I'll do like a Gatorade or something. Okay. But Very it's nice. the same every time. Yeah. Very nice. Um, PB and J ratio. What, what, what's your, are you 50, 50? Are you I'm pretty close to 50, 50? I love jelly. Like I just love the sweetness of it. Okay. So I would say maybe 55, 45 in favor of jelly, but it's pretty Very close nice. To even. Okay. Yeah. So Very nice. a follow up on that strawberry or grape. Oh, I'm a grape jelly connoisseur. So okay. I'm most, a grape jelly guy. Most folks that we have on are Run uh, strawberry guys. We're on a heavy, heavy uh, jelly streak right now. Yep. We started off last year or, or two years ago, you know, a year and a half ago, we, when we started asking people, um, and most guys were saying PB plus 50%. Yeah. But I think nah, like the last 10 to 12 people yeah. we've had on, yeah. snappers, you know, other other yeah, guys anybody. have been jelly yeah. dominant. Yeah, last I, interview, I love jelly. Last interview we did uh, was with Ross down in Jacksonville, and he said seventy-five twenty-five jelly. So he is strong jelly. Man knows what um, he likes. He knows. He's no <laughs> doubt. I think Gotta his answer it. actually was like he said he wanted to spoon the jelly off of the plate when right. he's done eating. That's he what he said. Slo- sloppy. He yes. also said whatever the amount of peanut butter is, you have to have three times as much jelly. So it's like wow. like he is. He is gobbling. serious about it. I'm not yes. that serious. I like I like a, a pretty close to even balance. Healthy and balance. the last question that we have for you is um, build your all-time specialist group. Oh, all-time specialist group? You can use Tucker if you want to use Tucker, but <laughs> it's, all-time it's tough specialist to say it's, it's it's tough to say because Tuck is, in my opinion, the best kicker ever, you know, but then you got guys like Adam Vinatieri who, you know, they hit game-winning field goals in Super Bowls in the snow and, and game-winning kicks in the playoffs. Like, guys like that are really tough. I'm biased. I'm going to have to go with Tuck at kicker. Um, uh, it's, it's really tough at punter because are you picking him for punting or are you picking him for holding? You know, what's more important because – Sam Cook, in my opinion, is the best holder, but and also a really good punter. But then you got a guy like uh, I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even know who a lot of punters. Ross um, uh, Ross picked Hecker as his punter. Did he? 
because Hecker, he felt like he kind of changed the game. Hecker definitely did. I think if I mean, I think Sam was the inventor of some of the trick stuff with the trick punts, banana um, stuff. That, yeah, that the, that Hecker then used quite Hecker's a bit more throughout of the his banana, career. Yeah. Sam didn't use a total a lot of the banana. He was more of the misdirection punting with the, the hook, ball. Liz hook, yep. yeah, and being able to move the pooch punts a lot. So I'll have to go with Sam. And then uh, this is terrible. He's, he's about to say Morgan Cox. Baltimore. <laughs> because I I, I almost said don't say any guys that have played in a Ravens jersey. I Because I knew this is where it was going. I knew it was where it was going. Which yeah, is totally I, fine because anybody any group that's played for a decade, yep. yeah. you know, nine to ten years together is is that's perfectly re- perfectly reasonable. I'm torn because I, I didn't get to watch I haven't seen a whole lot of Pat Manley's tape. I know he played a long time in Chicago. I know he's like the 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 premier guy. But we also got Mulebach as well. Don Don's a legend. Don is a legend. Don his style is is very throw the ball really hard and <laughs> yes. extremely fast. Um, but to me, like if your partner model, can catch the ball. Exactly. Well, Sam's got good hands, but yeah. Um, but to me, I, I model my game after Morgan and I you know, I think Morg is is kind of the prototypical long snapper. I think he's he does everything that is required of us at an extremely high level, and he's been doing it for 13 years. And you know, I, I see him playing another four or five years, so I'm gonna have to go Morgan Cox. So Love the original that. Wolf Pack. Uh, Love that. I mean, they were, they, were, they were together for nine years, and you know, unfortunately, I don't know a whole lot about historic like punters and kickers and stuff and long snappers, but. Um, in the last twenty years, I would have to say the Wolfpack is. is I'd have to think. I'd have to think the guys that were in L.A. with the Rams were there for quite a while. I think. Oh Hecker, yeah, Zerline, Hecker and Zerline and, Hecker, and McQuaid. And McQuaid, yeah. Okay. That group was together yeah. for a while, and then Greg and and Josh or Jake obviously went to Dallas together. But yeah, um, yep. With uh, I think Fossil, uh, the special teams. Yeah, coach special teams coach went over there. Yeah. yeah. But anytime you can get a group like that together for a long time is going to have yeah, I mean, really good chemistry know, and any, perform yeah. at a high level for a long time. Anytime, anytime you can get the same three guys together, yeah. you know, especially in the environment that Reed you play in and, and I play in in Baltimore and Blake Lux out playing in, in Miami. But uh, dude, we've got he travels sometimes. We've got <laughs> all all like all but one of our away games next year are in cold cities. So, yeah, you guys come to us. Too. Yeah, yeah, we're we'll hopefully we're the, the we're bank. there early again. Uh, no, nah, come when it's come. We'll see. You gotta come when it's cold, man. That's dude. Get I saw yesterday. It's like feel. it's like Casey, Baltimore, obviously Buffalo, the Jets, the Patriots. Oof. We're at Washington. Like every cold team, I think except like Cleveland and Chicago is Reed, like we're going guy? there. <laughs> Reed's like, dude, I play in snow seven times a year. Hey, man. Well, we might be doing it too. We're supposed to be getting some this weekend at home, so we'll see. Well, all right. Well, but it's great though. It's such a huge advantage. Like, I love playing in the cold. Once yeah. you get used to the cold and you adapt to it, hundred percent. So much. It's so much harder for me to go to like a game like two years, last year where we went to Miami in November, late November, and it's it's hot and muggy and humid. Like, we're yeah. not used to that. That's what we so, bank uh, on. I love. I like that- the cold a lot. People are like, how people are like, how do you not build a dome in Buffalo? And how do you not build a dome in Miami? And it's like, well, that's the that's the beauty of this huge, game. Yeah. 
That's I why it's it. so good is because you it's never know like, what you have to adjust based on where you yes. play. Yes. No, no. Yeah, like for our stadium, a kicker hasn't made a kick over 50 yards or something, 55 yards or something at our stadium in like 15 years. No kidding. Oh, wow. a, a visiting kicker, yeah. A visit, Justin's no the only one, yeah. Because like the wind, no, our stadium is extremely windy. So it's like a weird, I don't know the exact statistic, but it's something like that. That's incredible. Um, but no, it's, and it's cool. Like when you play in those crazy weather games and then you go out there, you play well, like it's cool to look back yeah. and be like, man. Like I just played like y'all snow game you had a couple weeks ago. Like that's you guys play really well in that game, and you look at it and you're like, man, it stinks. While it, you know it's unfortunate while you're in it because you're freezing. It's you know it's really hard. But then when you do it, you play well, and you look at the tape later, you're like, man, I just dominated in that kind of environment. Like oh, it's just, it's just yeah. such a gratifying feeling. That's the ultimate no, feeling no. as a competitor. No question oh, yeah. about it. Well, absolutely, uh, Nick, thank you again so much for spending 40 plus minutes with us tonight. Um, enjoy your off season. Enjoy uh, spending time with the fam. Congratulations again, Nick Moore, everybody. Thank you for thank joining you guys. us. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, brother. Big thank you to Nick Moore for joining the podcast this week. Uh, another talented long snapper to join after the snap. Always fun uh, getting to talk to our snapper brethren. So uh, that is a wrap on this week's episode of After the Snap. As always, you can subscribe to us at After the Snap Pod on uh, YouTube, um, at the Finsider, at uh, Buffalo Rumblings on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, at After the Snap Pod on social media, Instagram, Twitter, all of the places you can find content. We will see you next week. This has been After the Snap, tales from two brothers who live life upside down. See ya. Well, you can take this boy out the real sound, but you can't take the real sound out of my voice. And now it